KMTT, Kimutzion Tetzei Torah, and today is Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parshat Ki Tetzei, Chet Elul. Erev Shabbat program today will be given over to a guest, Harav Moshe Lichtenstein, Vamen Yishvat HaRatzion. It was meant to be a Sicha for Chodesh Elul, and it is a Sicha for Chodesh Elul, but as he will explain in the beginning, maybe a little bit unconventional in its focus. We are still responding here in Yeshiva to the uh, experiences of the war in Lebanon. Specifically, we had Talmudim who fought deep and were very much involved. And they visited here yesterday, and uh, Moshe will be reacting, among other things, to their visit. Uh, so, this is Ezra Bek wishing you a Shabbat Shalom. The Sicha uh, of Moshe is a Sicha for the entire day. And we'll be back on Sunday on Monday, excuse me, with a shear of Harav Tavoy. Good morning. The original topic of this year was supposed to have been a conventional discussion of topics relating to Chodesh Elul. However, yesterday afternoon, we had a visit in Yeshiva of a group of our Talmidim who fought in the war in Lebanon, underwent some very difficult battles, lost, unfortunately, some of the comrades. And they came to Yeshiva yesterday, Amongst others, I, I was requested to give them a shir uh, on the topic relating to their experiences on the one hand and Chodesh Elul on the other. And I decided to speak with them about the halachot of tefillah mishat milchama, of davening, of praying during wartime, which as we will see has an intimate connection with Rosh Hashanah as well. I therefore decided to uh, change the topic of this year and to devote it to the same topic, both because the things themselves I think are meaningful, in addition, I also feel that our listeners, especially those overseas, should be able to participate in what we've experienced in the past month or so, should be able to involve themselves, engage themselves in uh, life that's being lived and experienced in Israel at the moment. Let us now begin to discuss the topic. Tefillah <clears> Beitzara, <throat> diving in time of distress, is a well-known topic uh, in the Tanakh. Some of the most explicit references to Tefillah and Tanakh relate to Tefillah under such circumstances. We begin in Sefer Bamidbar, Perik Yud. When there will be a war in your land, that your enemies will attack you, you blow trumpets, because we remember you. In other words, you will plead, approach the Kadosh Baruch Hu, turn to Him, and He will remember you. And uh, save you. Later on in Tanakh, if we move from Asher Abayin to Shlomo Amelech, and we look at Tefillah Shlomo and Sefer Melachim, which discusses the role of Beit Hamikdash in Tefillah, which discusses the role of Beit Hamikdash in a person's davening and approaching Kadosh Baruch Hu. Shlomo Melech also focuses upon the same event. When I'm Israel, go to war with its enemies. In the path that Yudhika Dajbarach will send them out to go. They'll pray to you. You will hear their prayers, their pleas from the heavens, and will rescue them. Thus, Tfilan Tanach is well documented. Tefillah in Tanakh, meaning Tefillah Beit Saraz, well documented. Pleading to Kaddish Baruch Hu, turning to him under distress, 
is a major catalyst of tefillah in Tanakh, and one could add various prakim and tehilim, which also talk about the suffering soul, the soul in distress, which should Kaddish Baruch Hu and pour forth that tzaras to him. In Halacha, though, we find very little relating to the actual practice of tefillah bezvan sarah, of tefillah in time of distress, or actually, we should say the following. We find in great detail tefillah bezvan tefillah in distress, in the ceremonies of the Tanit Sibur, the fast days, the public fast days, which are instituted by Chazal in Eretz Yisrael, in various times, which Am Yisrael is under plight, those events, be them historical events, such as Tisha B'av, but much more specifically, in the time of Chazal, there were various fasts, not related to the past, but to the present. Whenever there was an imminent danger, be it drought, plague, disease, war, wild animals overtaking uh, communities, all of these events triggered a Tanit Sibur, a fast day, in which a central element of it was tefillah, in a long sermon described by Chazal in the beginning, the second paragraph of Masechet Tanit, the Aaron Kaddish was taken out to the local plaza, the community elder would give a shmooze about the needs to fix various moral problems in the community, and then they would have a special tefillah, which included 24 brachot, not a Shmon of the usual 18, but a Shmon with six additional brachot, which was part of the fast, or part of the tefillah within the fast. Which brachot did they add? The Mishnah there enumerates six additional brachot. The first two are Zichronot Vishofarot. Additional four brachot are for several tefillim, and they do not concern us at the moment. The first two are Zichronot Vishofarot. This is tefillah in time of distress. In wartime, there's no mention. Do we do the same thing as on a fast day, or not? There's a one-line, enigmatic statement in the Gemara, which sheds some light on this issue. In the mission itself, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with Chachamim, and Rabbi Yehuda claims that you do not recite Zichronos and Shofaros as part of the Shemot Esther of the fast. Rather, he replaces them with two other brachot, which drop on Sabbatili. Why does Rabbi Yuda disagree? Why is he opposed to saying Malchot and Zichronot in the context of a Shwan Esrei, of a fast day? The Mishnah does not quote any explanation. The Gemara, though, makes a suggestion. Amr of Adad bin Yafo, Masechet Tanit, the bottom of Tetzayin Mudbet. Vada from Yafo said the following, My time Rabbi Yuda, why, what is the rationale of Rabbi Yuda? Because you do not recite Zichonos and Shofaros, and the Yom Kippur of Yolvo, which is a carbon copy of Hashanah, and during wartime. The first part, of course, is clear. We say Machus Zichonos and Shofaros Rosh Hashanah, we are familiar with that. Yom Kippur of Yolvo is Rosh Hashanah, essentially. However, the statement they refers to as well-known, familiar, self-evident, that you say, Zichon Shofros, Shamil Chama, is unknown to us from any other source. Here it's stated as a well-known fact, which may have been known to them at the time, but we are unfamiliar with it from any other halachic source. Rashi here states, 
ולא ידעינן מנית פרש דאומר ברכות ופסוקי מרכות זכרו בשופרו בשעת מלחמה. I am unaware of any sources Rashi in which the requirement to say Malchus Zechot Veshoferos in time of war appears. And we indeed do not know of this from any other source, nor is this quoted later on in the Halacha to best of my knowledge in other places. Of course, we have very little sources dealing with the Shalachot, but the Rambam, to the best of my memory, in Chod Malachim, does not bring this either. However, the Gemara says this black and white as evident as the fact that we say so to a time of war. Apparently such was the case. Now, let's try to analyze this, understand what is the idea, the concept behind saying at wartime. To begin to understand this, we must now return to the machlokas, to the debate between of Yudah and Chachamim regarding saying Zichros and Shofaros on a fast day. Rabbi, uh, what do... Uh, What's what the rationale behind Chachamim? Why does the reader disagree with this? To understand this, we have to ask a question regarding the relationship between Malchiot, Zichronos, and Shofaros. We all know that Rosh Hashanah say these additional three unique brachot. However, the question which, which, which we must ask ourselves is, what is the relationship between them? To be more specific, is Malchiot the focal point of the Shemona Esrei? Or is Zichronos the major element within it. And uh, one thing must be made clear. There is, a me- there is a huge difference between the two brachot. The focus of Malchios is the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We proclaim His kingship. We recognize His sovereignty. We engage in His coronation. We celebrate the fact that He's our Master. His Lordship of the world is the basic idea which we try to get across in Malchios. Both in the present in Bezrat Hashem, in the future. This is Malchuyot. God is at the center, we praise Him, we glorify Him, and we recognize Him. Zichronos is the opposite. The center of Zichronos is man. Ve'gamet Noach be'ava zacharta. You remember Noach, you remember his descendants, you favor them, you investigate man's actions and deeds, and tafokadem, you look into our behavior, you summon all of our deeds, actions, desires, look into them, pronounce judgment upon them, and remember the covenant with our forefathers, remember the covenant with Avram, Sakin, Yaakov, remember your obligations to us, and we conclude Zechei Abrit. Of course, the point is, is that God is investigating man, and provi- judging him and providing for him. Not the actions of God or the center, but that of man. Thus, Marcus and Zichronos have totally different aims and have totally different subjects at the center. One is God, the other man. The question, of course, arises, which of the two is the more basic, which is more central to our Tefillah Rosh Hashanah? If you look for a moment at the Gemara Masechad Rosh Hashanah, which describes the sources of Machat Zichron Shofaros, we get somewhat of a different, uh, we get somewhat of a different answer from different sources. Minayin shomim al-chuyot, Tanya, Rebbe, Yomer, Ani Hashem al-kechem, v'achol shashvi zom al-chut. Kut Rebbe, you take the words, Ani Hashem al-kechem, v'achol shashvi, in Sefer Vayikra, this is malchut. Right at the opening, 
to Chodesh Shvi, when you already just mentioned the day of Rosh Hashanah, already we're talking about Nei Hashem Because the essence of the first day of the seventh month, meaning Aleph Tishrei, its essence is Nei Hashem Second opinion there is, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, a note Sarich. This is not the source. The Pasuk in Bamidbar regarding Tefillah in time of distress says, Tefillahem Zikaron, Kabishbachel will remember you and the covenant with you. Wherever you mention Zikronot, Malchus should be there. To put it simply, the first source seems to assume that Malchios are at the base of Rosh Hashanah. You say, you immediately imply in Yeshem Lokechem. Malchios is the basic point from which Rosh Hashanah begins. And therefore, of course, in Tefillah, Malchios is the focus, the major element within the Shemona Esrei. Zichronos and Shofaros are expressions of the Malchios, derivatives. Since I mentioned his kingship, I then mentioned how it plays out in the earth as well. We mention our obligations to him, we mention how he treats us as king. But the focal point is that he is the king. The second source assumes that, Malch- that essentially Zichronus is what it's all about. We begin with man and his needs. The source is located not in the Torah section which relates to Rosh Hashanah, but in that discussing the distress of man and how God rescues him. And when you say, whenever you mention this, you make mention also of God's kingship, because that proves that He has the ability to save you. In other words, rather than the Zichronos being a derivative of the Malchios, it's the reverse. Zichronos are what we are to achieve. Malchios is simply the, the, the preface or the background enabling us to trust in Zichronos. Thus, two different sources reveal two different approaches to the Machas Zichronos Shofaros Shemona Esrei. We can see the same thing in another Machloket over there in Rosh Hashanah regarding the mention of Kedusha Sayom, of the holiness of the day, the essence of the day, within the Shemona Esrei. We, of course, stay every year in Rosh Hashanah, Baruch Hashem, Melech HaKol HaAretz, Mikadesh Yisrael Yom Zikaron. We combine God's sovereignty, Melech HaKol HaAretz, with the Kedusha, with the holiness of Rosh Hashanah, the Kadesh Yisrael Yom Zikaron, the to intertwined Malchus, God's master of the world, and Rosh Hashanah, and the Kedusha. This is the opinion of Rabbi in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Daflamet Bet, the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, but not that of Shimon Gamliel. Shimon Gamliel says that you combine Kedusha Sayom, the mention of Rosh Hashanah and the Shimon Esrei, not with the Malchios, but rather with the Zichronos. Not with God's serenity, but with His remembrance and His commemoration of His covenant with us. Presumably the bracha was something like, Bruchat HaShem, Zocher HaBerit, Mikadesh Yisrael Yom HaZikaron. He remembers the covenant and sanctifies Rosh Hashanah. Meaning, the essence of Rosh Hashanah is Zocher HaBerit. Not the Malchus per se, but rather the covenant with man. This is the situation of Shoshana. We say both Malchios, Zichos, and Shofaros. However, there seems to be a, a difference of opinion whether Malchios is the primary element 
and Zichronos, the secondary one, or vice versa. Let's now go back to Tanit and then proceed to analyse the Shmanesu of wartime. In Tanit, Chacham say you say Zichronos and Shofaros. Not Malchios. And that's clear from the Mishnah, which enumerates the Brachot, that it is Zichronos and Shofaros alone, detached Malchios, which are recited on the fast day. Clearly, the reason we do this is because we view Zichronos and Shofaros alone cut loose from Malchios as brachot most appropriate to tend to man's needs to address his pleas from the Kaddish Baruch in time of distress man under distress prays to God these are the which express our needs and therefore Chachamim say you say them in a fast day presumably is indicative of Hashanah they fulfill the same role as well either as the primary element, or if you want, as two parallel elements. But either way, Zichron, 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 seem to contain within them the element of pleading on our lives on a day in which on a day in which our fate is being decided, if you've written the book of life, or the reverse, on such a day, man has to supplicate the Kaddish Baruch Hu, to plead, to bang in the gates of heaven, the same way you do when you feel them in danger from plague, drought, disease, disaster, and warfare. So to an Hashanah, which is a day, in a sense, of imminent danger of your fate hanging in the balance. This is the Pein Chachami. Zichron Zashofaros belong in a fast day, the same way they belong in Rosh Hashanah. Thus, from the requirement of the fast day, we can learn something of Rosh Hashanah as well. And of course, if this is true in a fast day in Rosh Hashanah, Presumably, it's true and of wartime as well. During war, you're in danger, your life is threatened, and you pray to Kaddish Baruch Hu out of distress. When war approaches you from your enemies, and you cry to Kaddish Baruch Hu, how do you cry out? Through the medium of Zichros and Shofaros. The same way you do on a fast day, the same way you do on Rosh Hashanah. Whenever your life is threatened, you employ the Zikron of the Brit. You call upon the Kashbach to remember the covenant and you pray to him using the well-known Shmona Esrei of Zichron's Veshofaros. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda claims that you say Zichron's Veshofaros only on a fast day, excuse me, only on Rosh Hashanah and wartime, but not on a fast day. Why is this so? Clearly Rabbi Yehuda does not view Zichron's Veshofaros is a vehicle for expressing tefillah and distress. Rabbi Yehuda does not deny that a fast that requires a special ceremony of tefillah. He does not deny that davening in times of distress is a basic religious obligation, is an expression of basic religious sentiment. Rabbi does not deny any of this. He just, and he actually suggests other brachot. He does not denied the whole ceremony of, of Masechet Tanit, he simply changes the details and replaces the Shofaros with two other brachot. Clearly, the, the point of disagreement is, Zichron Shofaros, according to him, do not belong to Tefillah Beitzara. They belong to a different system, which is the system of kingship, the system of sovereignty. And therefore, they belong, and not on a fast day. 
because clearly a fast day, when you're fasting from the approach of imminent danger, is a time of distress. Nevertheless, you don't have zichon to shofar. What does this tell us now about tefillah b'shat milchama, kudav Yehuda? Apparently, kudav Yehuda praying at a time of war is not because of the distress, is not because of the danger, is not because of the threat, rather it's analogous to Rosh Hashanah in the fact that there's some, some expression of God's sovereignty and His hashgacha, His providence, His involvement and engagement with the world. Let, uh, let me explain a bit. During wartime, not only is there greater danger, because Baruch is also more intimately involved in the world, he, so to speak, removes the autopilot and replaces it with much more Ashgachah Pratit, much greater involvement. This is both because the war may have religious overtones, when going to do battle with Am Yisrael, in a sense of trying to do battle with the Baruch Hu as well, we are his representatives, they want to fight him, they fight us, and of course, we are quite familiar, unfortunately, with many wars, pogroms, persecutions, which essentially we're doing battle with the Baruch Hu through us. There is an element of the Baruch Hu, Gani Am Yisrael, our historical destiny, is his, um, is his concern, and therefore he's involved. At any rate, we know very well from the Torah already, Ki Hashem Elokecha Mitalech Bekerem Machanecha, Kashbarahu is accompanying you in your camp. When you go to work, Kashbarahu accompanies you. In the time of Chazal, they would t- or the time of the Mikdash, they would take their own Kodesh with the Luchot Abrit, and this would go to war with them. Kashbarahu is present in your military base, in the camp, going out to war, and therefore, time of war is not only a time of pleading with the Kashbarahu addressing as a supplicant, but also a time which His glory reveals itself. He's more engaged with the world. Or to put differently, it's analogous to Rosh Hashanah. There are times, both in the yearly cycle, and the historical timeline, in which God is more present in our lives, in which He is more engaged in the world. This could be in the beginning of the year, where we know the yearly cycle, Rosh Hashanah, started to make tshuva. We said Melch HaKadosh, of course, throughout these ten days. It could be as a result of historical events, such as a war. In the same way, in Rosh Hashanah, we proclaim Melech HaKolaaretz, because we see him more involved, engaged in the world. His glory is more evident to us. He's closer to us, more engaged, involved in our world. So too, in time of war, we see Kajbaru's involvement, we feel that he's accompanying us, and we say, Malchuyot Zichon Shofarot. In the same way we say Rosh Hashanah. This, of course, is contingent upon one thing. That what we're saying is not only Zichronot the Shofarot, but also Malchuyot. There's a very interesting point. The, the discussion in Tanis never talks about Malchuyot. It discusses on the fast day itself only Zichronot the Shofarot. Relating wartime, all we have is the statement that you do not say Zichronos and Shofaros except in Rosh Hashanah in wartime. The word Malchios is never mentioned. Nevertheless, Rashi talks about Malchios as well. He seems to be lacking a source in the Gemara. And he inserts Malchios, apparently his own initiative. However, if we think about it for a moment, the rationale by Rashi's addition of Malchios is clear. However, it is limited to Abiyudah alone. And I'll explain. According to Chachamim, 
Zichronos v'shofros, as I said before, are an expression of plea, pleading to God, supplicating Him, addressing Him, crying out to Him. This is only Zichronos v'shofros. Machios is indeed lacking from the Shemona Esrei. However, Rabbi Yuda, who denies the recitation of Zichros and Shofaros on a fast day, or to put it in times of distress, is clearly not viewing the Shonesei of Rosh Hashanah as an expression of a plea to God for your life. Rather, it's recognition of His mastership of the universe. That being the case, Machios must accompany it. Since Rabbi Yuda removes the fast day from the, from the setup, from the system, and leaves only Rosh Hashanah in wartime. So it must be that the common denominator is not the danger, is not the threat. The common denominator is the revelation of his kingship and his glory. And as such, such a common denominator must require Malchus as well. Therefore, Rashi knows that if you remove Zichos Hashanah from a fast day, and you limit it only to a wartime in Rosh Hashanah, you clearly have Malchus in mind as being the primary element. Thus, it would actually be more accurate to say, according to Chachamim, you indeed say only Zichon to show for us on a fast day, and presumably in wartime as well. Or at least there's no reason not to assume so. At a wartime, you say Zichon to show for us, because the wartime Shemona Esrei is analogous to the Shemona Esrei of a fast day, of distress. Well, according to Yehuda, the Shemona Esrei of a wartime is not Shemona Esrei of distress, it is Shemona Esrei of God's glory. If you add Malchuyot. Let me now add one more point uh, to this. The Ramban, Masechet in part of his discussion of the ceremonies of, it, of the Tefillah Tanis, there's the prayers on a fast day, quotes the Gemara in Sotadah from Gimel. The word he talks about going to war with the Koyed Meshuch Melchama, who accompanies Am Yisrael, and the Ban quotes in the Gemara there, that regarding the war with Midian, which the Torah details at the end of the Sefer Bamidbar, that the Pasuk says there, he carries with him the holy vessels and the trumpets. The Gemara says, Eila Shofarot. These are Shofars. The Rabbis perplexed. The mission of Tanis makes it clear that in times of distress, you blow trumpets. Not a Shofar, you blow a Chatzotzra. The Pasuk says so. When you're attacked by your enemies and there's war being fought in your land, you blow trumpets. Nevertheless, the, Mishnah, the Gemara in Sota says they blew shofars. The man suggests that a distinction need be drawn between the war in Midian and a war which is defensive in nature. The Psukim, which I quoted before, when your enemies attack you in your land, those you blow trumpets as a sign of distress. Use the trumpets to express your distress. However, the war in Midian was not a defensive war. We were not under distress. And of course we know that Baruch Hashem, no one was killed in that war. Rather, it is a war to exact God's revenge upon the Midianim. Or to put it differently, it's a war for Kiddush Hashem to remove the stain of Chil Hashem, which is created in Baal Peor, to glorify God's name, to create Kiddush Hashem, to recognize His glory. 
That was the nature of that war. Of course, it required a prophet, Moshe to enable him to go to such a war. Its nature, though, is different than that of a defensive war. Different says Ramban, you blow a shofar. The shofar we blow as an expression of God's sovereignty, His mastership. The shofar is the shofar of Malchus. And that is the one which was blown in the Milchaman, the war, which was to glorify God's name. In defensive war, though, the basic point of the tefillah and of the accompanying blowing is not to celebrate God's greatness, rather it is to plead with Him to save our lives. For that use Chatzot's road. Therefore, one could say that Ramban suggests the two models of tefillah in wartime. There is one, the tefillah in a war which, whose nature is Kiddush Hashem, and as such, you blow shofar, and say, Malchios Yichon, the shofaros, as opposed to another kind of war, which is defensive in nature, which is the stress and the duress are what concern you. There you blow trumpets, and, Quintuan suggesting, you would say only Zichon, the shofaros, and maybe omit the Malchios. In conclusion, let us now address the final point. There's a well-known machlokes between the Rambam and the Ramban regarding the basic obligation of tefillah. Is tefillah, is davening, a mitzvah that the Torah obligated us, a mitzvah d'araisa, or is it only a rabbinic obligation, a mitzvah d'arbana? Is a person obligated by the Torah to approach God daily, to seek Him out, to address Him every day, or is it a privilege which God gave us to request our needs if necessary, but not an obligation. The Rambam, as is well known, thinks that there's a daily obligation to pray, to approach the Kadosh Baruch Hu, is an expression of worship. To worship Him with your hearts, to approach Him, to have a relationship with Him. The Ramban is of the opinion that daily tools a privilege that God gave us to request our needs. But it's not an obligation. In time of distress, though, each of them adds an additional mitzvah. The Rambam creates a second mitzvah of praying in times of distress, which appears not in the context of Yichot Tefillah, of the normal rules of Tefillah, but rather in Yichot Tanit. In other words, the halachot which regulate our behaviors in time of distress. The Ramban admits that even though Tefillah daily is not an obligation, Tefillah in times of distress is. That much he concedes. Therefore, according to the Rambam, there are two mitzvot, one is praying daily, the other is praying in times of distress. Maybe pleading would be a better word. The Ramban thinks is one mitzvah only in times of great distress. However, they disagree not only about the number of mitzvot and the frequency of the obligation to pray, but also about the nature of it. The Rambam, who thinks the daily prayer is an expression of our relationship with God, it is a form of worship, the Rambam focuses the Tefillah Beit Sarah, praying in times of distress, upon the result. It's so to speak utilitarian, is result oriented. Mitzvah Simeon Torah, Litzov Lifnei Hashem Bechoy Tzorah in times of distress, to cry out, to scream to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, to bang in the gates of heaven, with trumpets, with prayers, with screams. And Rambam explains, Vidavaz Vidakat Shuvah, this is part of the the means and the techniques of tshuva, this will cause the problem to disappear. It will cause the Kaddish Baruch Hu to remove the threat and 
to solve the problem, to unite with the enemies, to give rain, and so on. Simply put, this tefillah is result-oriented. It is out to achieve the solution to our needs. To worship is the daily tefillah. So the additional mitzvah is one which focuses on tshuva and solving the problem. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says daily tefillah suggesting our needs. It's a privilege to request our needs. And that is not an obligation, but a privilege. The same is true in times of distress. What is therefore unique, what is therefore unique in times of distress? Not the supplication, but rather the expression of the relationship, or to put it differently, the worship. In the Ramban's language, Part of worshipping God means to pray to Him in times of distress. And we should seek Him out and beseech Him. As a slave to a master, as a helpless, weakless creature, to one who has the solutions. But the point is, not because I need a solution. It is the expression of worship that we raise our eyes and recognize that He's the master and we are the weak servants. Quote Ramban, Tfilbet Tzara's expression, therefore, of man's helplessness and of God's greatness. Quote the Rambam, Tfilbet Tzara, is to simply solve the problem. This takes us back to where we were before. Chachamim, see Tfilbet Tzara, Tfilbet war time and fast times and the like, as coming to solve our problems. Man's pleading with God, begging Him to solve the problem. Zichron the Shofar wrote, Please remember, Britavot, remember the covenant, remember our weakness, save us and save Noach, solve our problem, please. This is the way Chachamim view it and limited to limit Tefillah and war time to Zichron the Shofar and expand the usage of Zichron the Shofar to a fast day. This accords very nicely with the Rambam's opinion that the goal of Tilbet Sarah is that of Praying for a result. The Rambando emphasizes recognition of God's greatness, of His mastery over us. This fits in much better with Yehuda's opinion. That you pray, in the time of war, you pray as recognition of God's glory. He's great and He's the Melech and we are the weaklings. Eight Sarah emphasizes, drives this home, makes us feel how much we rely upon Him. And therefore, it's a form of worship and recognition of God's greatness. The Ramban's theory fits in much better than Yudah's opinion that you do not say Zichon Zeshov for us in time of distress, for that or other prakim. Rather, you focus upon Malchuyot, Zichon Zeshov and recited in wartime, Asma Shoshana, as the expression of God's greatness. This fits in much better with the Ramban's interpretation. In conclusion, Samuel Kodesh Baruch Hu filot during the past month. And much danger and threats were removed. Lu'aleinu, there were those who suffered. Lu'aleinu, there were those who sacrificed a tremendous price. Because Baruch Hu heard at Filot, and many others were rescued, were saved by the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The war itself achieved not insignificant results, which Bezat Hashem will just uh, improve over time as the diplomacy plays itself out. Then, so too we pray and hope that we are in Rosh Hashanah. In the same way we recognize Machut Hashem in time of Milchama and Rosh Hashanah. So too we recognize the coming Rosh Hashanah. And Bezat Hashem, we shall be Nichtam Ketiva Vechatimah Tova. Throughout the Rosh Hashanah, both the supplicants 
and it's those who recognize God's glory. And Bezat Hashem, this entire Shiva praying more time will become a Shia, which is in theory, but not in practice. Bezat Hashem, Luisa, Goy, Goy, Charbov, Leimadu, Al Milchama. Kaltuv.